0: Hi, this is Parker Bona III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Joey Serrar and Tim Berg.
1: Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar.
2: Tony Franklin is the owner of The Bowling News, which is a great online and print weekly bowling newspaper. Uh, for more information, check out thebowlingnews.net. Uh, Tony, Tim Berg, and Joey Serrar here. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Happy to be here.
2: Great. Tony, want to begin. Uh, as the newspapers evolved since you've taken over uh, how has really the internet changed and become a, a way that you guys are able to get your message out to everyone uh, in the world
1: well I think one of the best ways for us uh, with using the internet is being able to archive our information um, you know it's by doing it weekly and I mean it's a you know actually in your hand a paper copy that goes out to you know 2,500 to 4,500 uh, different people and then we have a you know a digital version that we also email out to you know people as far away as the Malaysian national bowling team. Uh, so with that, being able to have you know an archive that's readily available to you know each of the readers and, and uh, anyone who wants to go back and look at old copies has been um, really exciting. You know that's that's one of the ways that um, or that's one of the main reasons people have always been uh, big fans of the bowling news newspaper is because it's a a weekly uh... source of communication recognition that's always been our motto uh, and people enjoy the fact of seeing their you know seeing their name in print i mean that's kind of what it's all about and now they can go online and check out that copy from 7 years ago when they uh, shot their 850 series or whatever and and see it again and email it to grandma or whatever it may be
0: what does the bowling news bring to say a bowler in singapore what I mean, what kind of information is there Coaching tips, or equipment information, or uh, mental tips in the game. I mean, I, I explain exactly what information is out there.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's that's a, that's a good point. One of the things that uh, you know, how we at least how we got connected to, let's say, the Malaysian bowler um, was when you know the team was here for the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. Uh, Bill Hazlett, uh, the managing editor, you know, he's a he's a good talker. Was was talking to uh, you know that that group of people and the, the team and um there's just aren't many there, there really aren't and i don't know if any other weekly bowling newspaper that, that carries the content that we might carry um so from a, from that standpoint you know you get some you get a, a newspaper or a tabloid or whatever but they're talking about bowling every week a lot of it's focused locally that's why we're successful but there's also national news there as well we don't necessarily have um Bowling reviews, that's not really what this paper is specifically about, but there are coaching tips. There's also uh, health and fitness about once or twice a month, uh, articles that we'll give from uh, the USBC um, fitness group. Uh, so things like that can kind of bring it up. But for one thing, it's just, man, we're talking bowling, something bowling-related, you know, in the paper with three or four different articles every week. You can't get that really other places. So that's, I think that's what bring someone who's not local to the DFW or the Southwest area.
0: You know, And speaking of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, Tim and I were kind of alluding to the fact that that seems to be just a really strong hotbed for bowlers, competitive bowling. Why do you think that is? We're right in the heart of Texas.
1: Yeah, you know, I've thought about that. And I don't honestly know why the DFW area has always been such a big bowling community, uh, the state of Texas has always had a really solid bowling community, but you've got Dallas and Fort Worth uh, and everything in between and around it. So you, you've you got two big cities uh, that combine a huge metropolitan area. Uh, when we moved to Texas in uh, 1985 from Kansas City, Kansas City, a, a much smaller metropolitan area, there were probably, I don't know, five or six bowling centers up there. I was 13 or 14 at the time we moved to Texas, and... Uh, you know, there was a map that we got at one of the pro shops that showed all the bowling centers. There were probably 30 bowling centers that I could choose from to bowl league at. I mean, it was unbelievable for, for me and my parents to see the possibilities. Why that is and why has always been such a huge influx, I don't know. Um, but I guess people in this area just have always liked to bowl, and it's grown. So you have a lot of really good bowlers. Now you've got the USBC, the BPAA centered in arlington so smack dab in the middle of uh dallas fort worth and even more bowlers so uh, i know a lot of my friends from other parts of the country who've ended up moving to texas or moving to dallas they love the fact that they can uh bowl something and and try and win some cash every weekend if they want to so from that aspect uh, you know it it just kind of keeps the energy going
2: Again, joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Tony Franklin. Uh, Tony is the owner of The Bowling News, uh, which, again, check out online at thebowlingnews.net. Uh, and you can, like Tony said, check out their articles or content their tips and, and bowling scores and, and everything of that nature. Uh, Tony, I agree with you, by the way, on that, why I believe Dallas and uh, is a great bowling area. I think Dallas, and I think, honestly, the, the people of Texas... And Dallas specifically and Wisconsin have a lot in common it's just that there, there's a lot of not to say there's not good people in other areas but there's just good friendly people which is what you need for bowling and uh, it's something that is not always what you see in other places me having moved you know lived in three or four different places where bowling has not always been as, as readily available and uh, but I, I think you're right on I think it's a lot to do with the people that live in the area there and once you move to Texas or you move to Milwaukee or Green Bay or you move to Dallas or Arlington you like it there. You like the people there, so you stay there. Uh, where do you see bowling, though, uh, moving forward within the, the next 10 years? Uh, how do you see bowling advancing?
1: Oh, man, there's the, there's the question of the century right there. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing I think that most people within the industry are focused on is youth bowling. I think that's the only way to get it back. Uh, my wife, Keeney, who's also uh, a co-owner and publisher of the Bowling News, She, uh, she now coaches the ladies bowling team for McKinney Boyd here in North Texas. So that's, that's involvement, right? High school bowling has just blown up in North Texas. I'm sure lots of other places as well. I'm obviously much more familiar with it in the North Texas area, but you know, that's, that's a way right there. You know, the work that Chad Murphy's doing with the BPAA, it's unprecedented. Uh, it's absolutely the right direction for bowling. I think that's the only way to see bowling grow. So, uh, you know, the youth tournaments, team masters, all those things that um, bring scholarship dollars are going to get parents to want to uh, find a way to get their kids in a bowling center because they're going to see a lot of benefits that they may not get from other sports. And the number one thing with bowling is anybody can do it. You don't have to be a physical type. You don't have to be the fastest person on the field or anything else. You can be any shape or size to, to do it and be successful at it. So it. it should widen the uh, widen the scope of people that could want to get into it, potentially help you know from a youth standpoint with some scholarship money and uh, help them get into a school.
0: Tony, I think you nailed it right on the head there with saying the youth will save our sport. I'm definitely more optimistic about the state of bowling uh, in the next few years and decades now compared to where it was five or ten years ago, primarily because of the high school bowling programs in our area. Uh, it's also grown nationwide. So I I think we're going to be... Bowling is a very, you know, resourceful sport and and very resistant to anything that's thrown its way. I think bowling is here to stay forever, and it's going to grow.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you guys. I I think right now we're at the first time in a long time where uh, you're going to be able to really see some tangible growth. There's just, man, there's just so much stuff going on with youth bowling that's really exciting, and like I said, a lot of it's really unprecedented. So... I mean, we should be able to see some upside here, I would think, really quickly.
2: Tony, I want to also hit on a question for you regarding um, some news of, of note as of late. Uh, Kelly Kulik was uh, in the news for being in the ESPN, the magazine, uh, where she they have uh, women athletes who in their sport uh, take off their clothes and kind of pose in the position for what their sport is. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that something that is going to be, a, be a good for the sport of bowling, or is that something that maybe people are going to Look at women and, and not think they're serious again.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you guys asked about that. Last week, uh, I wrote an article in there, kind of talking about uh, Kelly Kulik and what she was doing. And uh, one of our other writers, Leisha Mur, who runs a, writes a really kind of interesting, fun overall look at you know bowling, entertainment, things like that. She wrote an article about it as well. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, a, I'm a big supporter for doing that. My comment for last week was the fact that. I, I struggle to understand how come she is, is so successful at promoting bowling and one of the only ones that's able to get out there and do it in the mainstream media. Um, <clears throat> I'm just I'm very excited that she's doing it. I, I think it's a, a really cool way to, to promote yourself, promote the sport you're in. Um, I, I think it's great.
0: You know, and, and Kelly is the perfect person for that, t- uh, Tim and Tony. Uh, you know, she's the pioneer of our sport, you know, making the men's tour, uh, you know, winning the PBA events. I mean, she is the right person to to showcase our sport. And, and it, it's good for the sport. It, it's all in good fun. I mean, there, there was no nudity involved, but it definitely, you know, shows our sport in, in a more modern-day light. Uh, yes. It, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... It's something that that needed to be done, I think, a while back. But you know, to, to show the fun side of bowling, because it is a fun sport.
1: It is. It, it really is. You know, I, uh, if you you know the the way that Kelly has personally been kind of promoting this, and some of her quotes, um, again, very impressed with the way that she uh, made the decision to do it, and you know what she said. There's an article on the uh, PBA.com that talks about it really well. Alicia uh, the one that writes for the Bowling News, you know, she had. Uh, had a conversation with uh, Kelly via Facebook and got some really good comments on, you know, the where's and the why's, of she, you know, the fact that she decided to do it, got herself in the right physical condition. But also Kelly knows who she is and is very comfortable in her own skin now, where I don't know if she would have been three years ago before she won everything, but she's very comfortable in her own skin and uh, consistently one of the best interviews
2: in bowling.
0: And if anyone know, knows Kelly personally, I mean, she's just a sweetheart of a girl. You know, other than being an uber talented player, uh, she's a, a very, very nice person as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She is just good people, plain and simple.
2: Yeah, Tony, I want to get your thoughts as, as the PBA is getting rolling here, the World Series of Bowling coming up uh, within the next uh, next about month or so, six weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts on the PBA and the way the PBA is kind of doing things now with, with uh, the tournaments in Vegas and then tape delaying things? Uh, do you think that's good for our sport and good for people that want to be on the PBA? And then also we're seeing the people like the Tom Hesses, the part-time bowlers, the guys who work full-time 40 to 50-hour-a-week jobs, bowl on the tour and be successful at it because they're able to take some time off and go bowl these events. Do you think that's really the way the PBA should be going? And and do you see that as a a way for, uh, bowling to continue to grow?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't mind the tape delay. I understand the economic challenges in the market that bowling lives in and most things live in these days. Uh, I don't have a problem with the World Series of Bowling. I think that's, a, again, a, the only way that the tour can be even moderately successful. Um, but it's just, it seems very difficult for the average person to understand when they could um, participate in watching bowling or getting involved in watching the pros bowl. Uh, that's, that's a problem, I think, is um, bowling, and as we build up the youth, I think youth bowling will look to be um, big in high school, big in college, but I don't think um, the kids or the youth these days are looking much beyond that, and I think that's a problem. So I always was concerned that if there was no professional tour or it was a limited professional tour, that it would really deter uh, youth from bowling. But it it appears that's not going to be the case. So the relevance of professional bowling, in my eyes, is really teetering right now Uh, I was a you know I used to bowl professionally that's all I wanted to do when I was a kid I bowled on tour in the early 90s um and you know obviously it was a much different game in a much different world back then and when I grew up all I wanted to do I aspired to be a pro and aspired to do it for a living um and it you know it it that was great I don't know that the youth or up-and-comers really look at it that way they should because the way the tour is structured it's just difficult to find it it's, it's difficult for me to go out there and find information about when the tour is going to go on, when the how many titles they're going to hand out at the World Series of Bowling. Uh, I don't know that they could do it any better than they're doing I I trust the PBA is smart people who are making good decisions or the best decisions they can. But you know, it's just it's a tough deal right now. Wish I wish I had a better answer for that, but.
0: Yeah, you know, it really does look from from the outside looking in that, that the PBA is just a little bit disjointed, uh, not just with its schedule, but, you know, with its whole being. Uh, but you're right, they do have some smart people behind the, the scenes that are going to try and keep this thing going. Uh, and I also agree, that bowling needs PBA, the PBA needs bowling. uh I would hate to see it go away, but but you're right. It's it's hard as a a younger player to aspire nowadays to become a PBA player because it's just financially, you know. There's really you don't see the financial rewards like you maybe saw, you know, ten or twenty years ago. So I think time will tell, Tony, if uh, the PBA is going to be here to stay. But I sure hope it will.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. You know, a, a lot of the, um, the the advice I always give the, the kids that are you know really good today and. I mean, obviously, they're unbelievably talented. <clears throat> I mean, the advice should always be, you know, get your education and, and go get a real job. But, I mean, you know, now so more than ever, I, uh, I think a lot of us uh, from this area that all bowled at the same time, we were fortunate enough to – we bowled, you know, felt like 24 hours a day, you know, but we, uh, we also all have, you know, real jobs and, that have been good for us and our families, and we still have gotten to bowl on the side and luckily being from the southwest or the DFW area, you know, bowling can be a great supplement. Obviously, it gives you a great competitive outlet, but from a financial standpoint, there's a lot of ways to supplement your daily income, back to the the Tom Hess question, um, by being a full-time worker bee and a part-time, you know, bowler. Uh, And that's, man, you can't beat that.
2: Tony, it's been a pleasure talking to you again, Tony Franklin, the uh, co-owner along with his wife of the Bowling News. So check them out at thebowlingnews.net. Tony, this has been great. And speaking of uh, real jobs, all, all of us have to get rolling and get going. So uh, we're going to wrap here uh joey and tony so uh again check out the uh above 180.com for more podcasts we got archives up there of all the interviews you may have missed over the summer when you weren't thinking necessarily always about bowling got great coaching interviews up there got great interviews from pba folks and uh also check out the bowlingnews.net we got them uh, we got a link on our website as well for them uh for tim berg joe serrar uh tony franklin good luck and good bowling